0: Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your hosts for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today we have quite the packed episode. We're going to be recapping everything that happened with Las Aguilas de la América in regards to that game against Santos La Luna. And then of course the terrible, terrible match that was Queretaro as well. And then we're going to get a little bit further on into the episode a Preview with... Uh, some people from the uh, Arrayados podcast to help us preview the Monterrey game so plenty and plenty to talk about in this episode but before I get ahead of myself any further let me introduce as always my co-host New York's favorite resident Christian Rosendo and everyone's favorite cowboy Dylan Jimenez gentlemen how are we
2: I have to burp hold up <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> not, not how i was expecting her. no not, um,
2: yeah well, okay not the, well not not the professional entrance i was expecting either yeah well you're not gonna get professional every single time but i'm doing good uh thank you for asking ivan i hope everything's well with you and your family i hope everyone that's listening is staying safe wearing a mask and um yeah you know just ready to talk about america unfortunately we had a pretty bad defeat the other day but i guess not all was bad when in the game during santos and I'm. Very excited to have the, the guys from um, Rayados 90 over to preview everything on today. So it should be a good episode.
1: Yeah, definitely. we will be hopping on in just a little bit later on in the episode, giving us a little bit of time to talk about those two games that we were just previously mentioning. Now, Dylan, how is life over there in Texas?
0: Oh, you know, it's a little, not necessarily, I wouldn't say cool, but you know, it's not necessarily triple digits right now, but we're going to look to be hitting those triple digits pretty soon, but you know, hot, uh, warm. Uh, a little bit of humid. We got some rain, but you know everything's good down here in the Permian Basin.
1: All right, nice to hear that. Stay hydrated, people. Remember, stay hydrated. Really hot times right now. We're t- uh, we're experiencing. And talking about hot times, let's talk about the hot time America had at home. Well, not really at home because we were playing at, uh, in Seoul against Santos. Let's talk about that game first, and then we'll talk about the terrible game that was. The Querétaro matchup. Gentlemen, we came into this game a little bit skeptical, of course, with everything going on with America's matchup against Necaxa. We didn't know what America to expect. But right from the beginning, it seemed that Piojo's message was very clear. And it was, like you, we mentioned time and time again, go at the rival, take the game to them, and it paid dividends to them. How did you guys see this game? Or Christian, at least, how did you feel about America's start to this game? And then we'll talk a little bit about the second half,
2: because I think America kind of, uh, you know, takes the, the foot off the gas pedal. This reminds me a lot of uh, how we started the season um, in in our first two games, where in in the four halves, um, we we played one good half. And um, that's pretty much uh, how how this game kind of went. Well, these two games, I think we had a very excellent, almost near perfect first half against Santos, uh, netting three goals. It, it, was something, it was something just amazing to watch. I think the, 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 the chemistry was there. Uh, everything was going right for Roger Martinez. Uh, Sebastian Cordova was creating. Uh, I even saw Leo Suarez be a little bit more comfortable in his position and actually participating more, getting into the action more, and he even that's a goal. Uh, so it, it, was, uh, it's, it was definitely an all-around well-rounded effort from the team, from, from goalkeeper to offense, and like I said, almost, almost near perfect.
1: Yeah, literally, almost near perfect. And then, of course, the second half happens, which we'll get to in just a little bit. But like you mentioned, Christian, it was nice to see that America started off the first half in such good fashion. Dylan, it's something that we talked about is America starting the game. Sometimes we don't know whether we're going to get a team that's going to go right from the get-go or we're going to get a team that's kind of building along the way. How did you feel about America's start to to the first half, at least in regards to the game against Santos?
0: No, uh, like you said and Christian said, too, I thought it was a great start. You saw a lot of great things that you wanted to do and kind of backtracking a little bit on what you said about, you know, not knowing what kind of America team we're going to get. I know we talked about consistency, but I feel like this is the one thing America is actually consistent at keeping us guessing and wondering what what team uh, we're going to get, whether we're going to get a team that's going to be coming out and playing the full 90 to the to the game we know they can play or, you know, if they're going to be slacking off, you know, not knowing what they're doing, just playing with no identity. And, you know, we got the, we got the former, actually. Um, so a lot of great things you saw, you know, like Christian was saying, Leo Suarez was doing great things, uh, looking really comfortable in his position, too, uh, Roger, too, stepping up the way we wanted him to. Um, you know, overall, it was, it was a good game, you know. It's what you wanted to see from the team.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm looking over at the sofa score stats, and I'm looking over at the momentum bar, and it's 100% mostly all America. There's some chances here and there for Santos, but you don't really see America kind of lose the ball at all until that second half, where I think Santos is just a much better team than America in those last 45 minutes, but like we mentioned previously, it was a good way to kick things off for America of course like you mentioned Christian Leo Suarez looked like he was enjoying his time he looked a little bit more comfortable uh he, he got himself into dangerous positions which you know led to him scoring that obviously historic goal for America right the 5000 uh goal for America in history and um i mean you know it it was showing good stuff and i think the one thing that let us down was the fact that the second half comes around and you just don't see the same America. I think they got complacent. I think they they came out in the second 45 saying we won this game. There's no reason for us to excel or to even push it even further. But I do think that was the wrong mindset that America should have not came out with that because it led to Santos having way more of the ball. It led to Santos having much more dangerous opportunities in our halves. And uh, I mean, I don't know. What more could you tell me about the second half?
2: Sure. So like, like you said, I think America was just way too complacent. And also once again, uh, and this is a a, kind of a a story in both games, in the Santos and Queretaro game, Pio Herrera and the substitutes, uh, he got it wrong again. Uh, When he saw his team not really uh, generating any chances, uh, he takes out uh, Leo Suarez, which arguably I think he was having a really good game. Finally trying, uh, trying him out on the left-hand position. Like I've always kind of praised throughout this whole season. Right. And he was actually doing things good. He was, he was making plays. He was, he was finally being, you know, very into the game and you know actually making the difference and then you take him out for Henry Martin now the reason why you do that is because you want him to play up top with Venus but now you don't have anyone on the left, on the left side so you slide in Cordova and then you, that's basically all from Cordova you saw for the rest of the match he was completely shut out he really didn't do much right afterwards Uh and it, it was just pure mess for Herrera from there on forward and you know this is something I think we've criticized Piojo before in the past you know his substitutes sometimes he just doesn't get it right and I think in this one he kind of messed up on that one because you just limit our wingers are even more a, you know, you kind of run through your plays through everything through Roger Martinez. And that second half, he kind of got shut out too, because you know, it was just kind of easy to counteract whatever we were doing. Uh But credit to Santos that I think they came out with the determination that, you know, they could have maybe make this game a little bit more interesting. And, you know, and to some extent they kind of did when they scored in the, in the 67th, um, whether, whether it was as a PK or not, well, we'll leave that, we'll leave that aside, but no, nonetheless, though, it was a goal and, you know, America just didn't find an answer after that. And, you know, I I guess we kind of say that we got a little bit lucky that, you know, we didn't concede another one.
1: No, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we definitely did get lucky. Um, and sometimes luck has to play a little bit apart throughout the season. But you can't rely on it 100% every single part of the game. And I think a perfect example is the Guerrero game, which we'll get to in just a moment. But... You're right. You know, the defense kind of looked in shambles after that goal, even before that goal as well. You know, I I think they felt a lot more of the pressure. Obviously, the midfield wasn't helping as much as we would have wanted them to. Um, Like, again, it just looked like everyone was nonchalant on the pitch. Right, Dylan? I mean, do you think that there was a different mindset attitude that this America team showed in the second half?
0: Oh no, no doubt about it. I mean, you you compare some of the first half stats to the second half stats. You know, we outshoot Santos in the first half, and then you go to the second half, and we're getting outshot. Like you know, there was just no determination. I feel like no determination in this, in this to an extent for this team, and to go now maybe go get in a fourth goal, maybe potentially a fifth goal too. Which obviously we had some shots on target in that second half, but you know, obviously we didn't just put those away. But you know, like Christian kind of said to you, you, look at some of the subs that were made. You know, they weren't smart subs. I feel like especially the Leo Suarez sub. I like why is he taking him out? Why is Bealhole taking this guy out? And so, um, it's just some things, you know. Technically, I feel like Bealhole is kind of um always falling into. Um, like we've always talked about, Bioho not getting the subs right. Sometimes he, you know, doesn't make a sub to like the 80th minute. And Sometimes you know he makes one sooner, but it's just not the right sub. And so again, Bioho is kind of being his own Achilles heel in extent to this uh, second half uh, against Santos. And like Christian said, we just got a little, we just got a little bit lucky to walk away even with after that goal because um, after that goal in that 67th minute, you know, I I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I got kind of a little worried. You know, Santos was obviously attacking more; they had more of the ball, and so I was kind of I kind of figured, you know what what's gonna go wrong now.
1: Yeah, no, it, it felt like any moment now uh, if Santos was to score another one, you know, America was going to just crumble and crash and then obviously and probably not even walk away with 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 the with all three points. Now, I do want uh, to talk about, you know, just a little bit of what we were discussing in the fact that, you know, you had players like Leo Suarez, uh, you know, having a good game. You had Cordoba, you know, being detrimental and impactful and then these substitutions that Piojo make obviously just kind of tear things apart is this something that the players need to kind of react to better or is this 100% just on Piojo and saying look you got to get your substitutions better because you can't put all the pressure on these players out on the pitch to just kind of make things happen and work in situations
0: I think in a sense that you, you fall on both I mean uh, you look at the first half you know everybody's gelling together uh, everybody's doing great um Correct me, somebody, if I'm wrong, but didn't Leo Suarez get like 60 minutes that Santos game? About so, a little yeah. longer, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like Christian said too, I mean, the the guy's balling out. I mean, and then Bielho just gets it wrong. I mean, Bielho's got to realize too at halftime, you know, he's got to tell these guys, you know, to keep the pressure going. Um, you know, think of it like a zero zero walking in the second half and so let's go grab another goal or two. And then it's got to fall Bielho to make these to make smart decisions whenever it's coming to making some of these substitutions.
1: No, yeah, I completely agree. And we'll talk a little bit more about Piojo because he's been definitely trending on Twitter these past couple of days because of the result against Queretaro. But I do want to mention the fact that America had such a great opportunity coming into the second half, if they would have kept the same rhythm and the same mindset to go out there and completely just dismantle the Santos side and walk away with such a huge margin of a win. Right. At the end of the day, you only end up winning by two goals. But this is a game that we mentioned like previously it's a it's a game where you're able to get goals in your in and goals are detrimental to your season, not just in that game itself, but along the way because we know how important tiebreakers are and usually it falls down to that goal differential, right? And so right now, fortunately, that's why America is in the position that they're in, still in first place ahead of um, Cruz Azul because of, you know, we have one more goal scored than them in this season but it was such perfect opportunity for America to go out there And score all these goals. Christian, we've mentioned it time and time again. It doesn't matter about having that kind of respect for the opponent. If you have the opportunity to go out there and win by four, five, seven, eight, no matter how big the scoreline is, you have to take advantage of it, especially
2: so early in the season. No, of course. And like we we always keep reiterating every single podcast. Um, You know, we need to kind of amplify the scoreline whenever we can at the start of the season when it's a little bit easier in terms of scheduling. Now, I know Santos isn't really the easiest team, but they were very vulnerable at this moment. And in this moment, that's where we had to capitalize and take their chances. It's just, um, you know, just things I question about this team um, just not being in the right mentality just yet, I guess. And I know it's still kind of technically so early in the season, there's time to improve. But moments like this where you kind of question, like, you know, where's the leadership in this? You know, where's the coach when we need him? Yeah. I, I understand the frustration of the fans. But in, at the same time, though, I think we have to kind of just take it step by step. But obviously the next game after this one didn't really help uh, with anything I'm saying right now. But uh, it's, it, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a, a little bit worrisome that I guess America doesn't have that mentality to kind of just go out there and just dominate the opponent, you know. And, no, and the fact that they were so complacent and nonchalant uh, in the second half just kind of raises questions.
1: No, yeah, completely. A lot of questions were raised. And, you know, now it is the the biggest question, of course, was, you know, what what happened against Querétaro? And, you know, we'll we'll try to figure that out. But I mean, it's just it's a bit worrisome, very, very worrisome that you couldn't go out there and take advantage of something uh, so great, really. But, you know, fortunately, it is what it is at this point. But, you know. Good win at the end of the day. I think we all walk away with that and say, okay, a good 45 minutes ends up giving us all three points. We, you know, whilst we were shaking, we did have some solid moments in the back. So, you know, we chucked it up to a good result at the end of the day, right? We, the game against Santos, good result, good three points. Yes, of course. Let's move on into the next game, right? Anything else you
2: guys want to talk about in regards
1: to the Santo matchup, players, stat, anything before we move on to the carretero game?
2: I just wanna reiterate that I think um I think Pioho listened to the podcast and I kept saying it for however long that Leo Suarez should be tried on the left. And in this game I think he did an amazing job. Unfortunately the the same performance wasn't uh shown again in the Queretaro game, but I think that was just due to I guess the whole team just not playing well. And um it's it it's it's a little bit worrisome to me because I guess after a defeat like this, you know Pio's kinda try to change something up. And I hope that's not one of the things that, that gets that gets tweaked because I really do feel like Leo Suarez is more impactful on that side. Um, I think he just needs a little bit more time. Um, but um, but yeah, definitely definitely excited uh, to see the the progression of this player. You know, back to the goal and the assist in the Santos game. Playing on the left-hand side, he was definitely much more impactful than he's ever been uh, for America in that game.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And finally, right, showcasing. I think he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as well, knowing that, you know, he has competition for that starting role with uh, Sergio Diaz coming in, right? So, it's it's gonna be good to see the best out of Leo Suarez because we need him to be that you know detrimental player out on the wing. And if he's able to do so, you know, in in, in these upcoming games, then you know he merits that chance to be that starting in that starting spot, whether it's on the right or the left, or you know, hopefully fingers crossed it is on the left hand side because I agree with you, Christian. Completely a different player when he's out on that left hand side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree.
1: All righty, then. All right, gentlemen, let's walk away from the Santos game and let's fast forward and go and talk about this terrible matchup, this Queretaro game. Dylan, you and I were talking off camera, we were talking earlier in the day, and you just said something doesn't feel right coming into this one. We didn't come in. At least I know that I didn't come into this game confident. I felt that something was going to be off. And surely enough, a lot of things were off you know how did how how did you describe yourself or how did you can you describe the medical side going into this career that game
0: I don't even know where to begin again i i can, are we allowed to cuss on this podcast
1: yes i mean yeah
0: i, I mean I I, I I just tell you you know I just saw a medica side that was dragging ass i mean. <laughs> I mean, anybody, anybody who's watching on the damn screen right now, and for those listening, like from Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, it just if you if you haven't watched the video or seen my face yet, go ahead and watch it. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and lie that I have this double chin right here, people can see. But damn it, you know, I can be wearing some damn boots, some chaps, my cowboy hat, and I'm run faster than all those guys that were on the damn pitch. I mean, like it was just dragging ass the whole time. Like that's all I gotta say. I I, I got nothing else to say. Like I, I, obviously, you know, after the sun. Those game you wanted you had some confidence but obviously you know coming into Queretaro too um as the away team you know America struggles in that area and so like I don't know I, I, that's just how I feel I, I just saw people just dragging ass the whole time that's that's me
1: yeah I I, I know I, I think I think a lot of people share that same kind of criticism and, C- and, and,
0: and, and I apologize those are listening that I cussed
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll forgive you because it it, it it is one of those situations where you're just frustrated at the team because you had such a great game on Thursday and then you're following it up on Sunday with such a poor and lacklustrous performance that you're just you you can't really put an explanation to it. I mean, like you mentioned, Dylan, the players look slow, the players just looked out of it. I don't I don't I don't even know if it was fatigue, but if it is, you can't you can't have fatigue 30 minutes into the game. Like thirty minutes into the game, I saw an America side that just did not want to run. Yes, they had the ball more, but they were just like, "We got this. Somehow, some way, we're gonna score a goal." The two the end, people put it perfectly. They America came into this game thinking that they were gonna win this game with just their jerseys, and that was it. That was gonna be sufficient enough to get all three points and get it But truth of the matter is, you have to go out there and you have to play your game. Christian, what went wrong for this America side? Right from the get-go, you just looked at this team and nothing seemed to be connecting. Everything just kind of looked, seemed like lustrous. The first five minutes, America seemed like they had something going. But after that, they just kind of switched it off exactly the same way that they did against Nicaragua.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I, I don't know, man. There's, there's a lot of things that went wrong, obviously. But I think just the true thing is just they're just too confident. Um, I think I think everyone just heard it perfectly. You know, America went in there, and because they thought they were America, and they thought they had, cause they had that badge right here on their left hand side, they thought they were going to go out there and win this game. Um, they they knew their opponent in front of them was a, was kind of a newer side that didn't really have a lot of chemistry, so they thought that they had it in the bag, and unfortunately they didn't. They got very 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 confident against a very well organized team. Um, I, I'm gonna be honest. I really haven't seen much of Queretaro this season, but after watching this game, it might be a team I might have to follow because this is a team that gave gave a lot of problems to Cruz Azul, and I guess from there I should have probably you know realized that this team is you know a real deal in terms of I guess you know putting up a big fight against the bigger teams. You know they they did it once against Cruz Azul, and they were for sure gonna do it here again against América. I guess I should have. We all should have realized that, but. Uh, I don't know, man. There was a lot of things that went wrong, Uh, you know, starting with the defense. I guess we were very exposed on that right-hand side and they were just having a field day with us over there. Uh, Roger Martinez wasn't the same. He he was very double teamed uh, most of the time. And he gets very frustrated when things don't go his way. So he was very limited there. Um, Leo Suarez didn't really get much of the ball because I think we were just trying to play through Roger Martinez because we were a little bit desperate. Um, Cordova, I guess, you know, even though he bagged the goal, he really didn't do much for me. Didn't really receive the ball. An opportunity to create plays wasn't presented to him. Um, Vines was, I think, maybe, maybe, maybe the only player that I think was rescued from this match. But even then, though, not really... Uh, you know, in action the way I wanted him to be. Of course, Richard Sanchez gets the red card. And I think from there, you really saw America just deflate and go into a world that, you know, we never see him rise again. And that's scary because... In former years, in former seasons, America American, when they get a red card, they're not really flustered by it. You know, they, they kind of have an idea of how to bounce back and how to keep the game balanced and keep the game interesting. And, you know, try to find a way to fight back. We've seen comebacks. We've seen, you know, the team uh, rescue draws from matches. And then just this game, it was the complete opposite. It looked like, you know, we we didn't have the passion to be there. We just didn't want to be there. We wanted the match to be over. And it showed. And we, we ate four goals. And, you know, let us be the laughingstock for a week because we deserve to be.
0: And, yeah. and I just, I just, I want to address this comment. Uh, Rabi Reyes, uh, two zero nine one. You know, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, it's just uh, uh, a viewer that's watching us on Periscope for those who aren't here on the live chat right now. I understand where you're coming from. You haven't played for four months, but this is the way this team's been playing. I understand the Pachuca game. You know, obviously you kind of see you're going to see some rust first game back, you know, even after that preseason tournament. But then you go out and get a 4-0 win against Tijuana, and then you go out and draw, and you come out and get another win against Santos. I mean, you're going to want to see this team play at that level that they played against Tijuana and Santos. I mean, four months is kind of, I think, an excuse now at this point, if you're seeing the team play at the level that, that they played from those two games, and you know, why can't they do it against Guerrero? That's my point. But I understand where you're coming from. There's no four months that play due to the coronavirus pandemic. But if you're seeing the team play at the level that they can, then there's no excuse to bring that up anymore.
1: No, yeah, no, no, I completely agree. And look, we're all over the place right now. We would definitely are. We're all over the place. So let's kind of structure this and, and kind of go forward from it. First off, I, I want to start off with Dylan's comment, because I think it's important to kind of address the fact that at this point, like, yes, Dylan, you're right. It, mentioning this is is, is is an excuse that America has uh, that doesn't have the luxury to use, right? Even in, in in the mix of a pandemic, America's standards are still, as always, set high, ridiculously high sometimes, that no... Uh, in this, you know, league has either. So now it's, you know, you're coming into this game and you know that, okay, America, you know, one good, one bad, one good. And now you're thinking, okay, are they going to repeat that cycle or are they going to finally find consistency? I think I mentioned again, the word that's all, all, we should brand that word into this podcast because I think we used it uh, the most out of the two years that we've been doing this. It's just have it word. in our
2: logo, honestly.
1: Yeah, consistency. <laughs> Will we ever get it? Um you know, shifting back to, to, to this Carretero game, let's kind of start off at the beginning. America had a good five minutes, right? Good okay. five minutes when just had an opportunity. And then just, it seemed that the whole team just kind of shut down afterwards. Got complacent, thought, you know what? We already made one chance. We, we already made one chance happen. We're bound to, you know, make three, four, five, just, just like that. And then, you know, they're just moving the ball around. But Carretero were smart. we were waiting. We're ready to pounce on us. And I know that a lot of people are criticizing Paula Aguilar because he, he did he did have a terrible game. He was just out there. It looked like he was just getting beat in every run. But my question has to be asked towards uh, El Hueso Reyes as well because I think he just did not show up for this game. Consistently was getting beat on those runs. The Querétaro players just looked way faster than all the America players. And, you know, the defense was just in shambles. Bruno Valdez had... Just a terrible game in my uh, in my eyes. Cáceres as well, someone that we've been praising, Christian, just did not look like himself at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are just luxuries you cannot give yourself, especially like we mentioned so early in the season when you know you have such an easier, lighter schedule than you do at the end where things are just a lot more hectic for you. So this is a game in where you thought America needs to needs to get all three points. You don't have the luxury to say, okay, you're just going to be able to walk away with one point and say, okay, that's fine because you did that against the Galaxy and you kind of used that card up. Now at this point you have to go out there against what 12th or 15th side Queretaro. I don't even know what place they were at before we even played them, but you can't you have to go out there and you have to win and then of course the big thing that changes everything is of course the red card to Richard Sanchez I'm not going to sit here and debate whether or not it was a red card if he deserved it but I will say this much for stating the facts is that he gets the red card and just the team doesn't know how to adapt in the situation like you mentioned Christian in previous additions to this team you had an extra fight to them they said okay you're going to put that kind of you know disability on us then we're going to go out there and We're going to fight just twice as hard but the switch didn't really come on until the second half, and even then, at that point, you thought, okay, you get the goal, and but then right away you give up another one. So it, yeah. it just it seemed that you just were not in any way prepared for this game at all. Like you mentioned, the players looked like they were ready to go back home as soon as they they got on the pitch. Like they were mm-hmm. ready to just leave. They were like, okay, let's get this game over with and let's go home because I'm tired or whatever the the situation may be. But you can't, you, you can't go into this game like this, you know. Definitely
2: not. No, and actually, I want to bring up a really interesting point. Um, you know, you talked, we talked about fatigue, and you know, it, the same performance was kind of similar when we gave uh, when we played Necaxa, and um, someone mentioned on Twitter, I forgot who it was, uh, but you know, they mentioned that in both times when we traveled to Nekaxa and to Queretaro, we traveled on the same day. Now, I don't know how much that really affects uh, you know, a player's mental state when you have to travel and then you know. Twelve hours later, you have to go play a match. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely curious to, to kind of know how many teams actually do this and what, are, what the results are at the end of the game. But um, if fatigue really does play a fighter in this match or in both matches, I should say, um, I think that's something the team should address. But I'm not here to make excuses like that, though. This team shouldn't, shouldn't perform like that, and especially not get drained down the first thirty minutes. That's just unacceptable for a team like America. So definitely a lot to work on. Uh, in our next match against Monterey, but definitely doesn't leave me with a, with a good taste in my mouth
1: no yeah definitely it doesn't it doesn't and, and now let's shift the the focus on a man that's definitely been on everyone's uh on everyone's discussion board and that is Miguel Piojo. Let's talk about the substitutions that he made or he didn't make and let's talk about the way that he structured this team after the red card and then you know into the second half because I think I don't I don't think we see enough of Piojo and then we'll talk a little bit more about this whole hashtag Fuera Piojo and whether or not you know, this is actually, you know, I will ask Dylan because I asked him just against Nikaxa because it was trending. Is it time to press that panic button? But we'll get to that a little bit later. But Christian, I want I want to get your opinion first on how did you think Biochel managed this game? Because obviously you got you you score you got scored on four times. I don't think that you know Pioho can say that he he did the best
2: that he could. No, definitely not. And I think we start off with, um, I guess, the halftime substitution. There was a sub. The sub had to be made at halftime. I think that was clear. We were already done one We The team wasn't generating anything. But you take out Luis Reyes to put on Henry Martin. Now The only problem I see with that is you're taking out your left back to put in a striker. Now, if you want to take out a, a defensive, that's fine. But I think you should have taken out maybe either, I think Sebastián Cáceres was the perfect candidate to come out. You could have shifted uh, Santiago Cáceres to kind of play as center back, whenever we had to go on, on the defense, and then when we go on the offense, we play with the three man in the back. But taking that Lucarelli has made us so vulnerable on that left side that it was so hard to to kind of adjust whenever Quintero was on the attack. That's where you saw Cáceres and Cordova get so drained out because they had to consistently cover uh, that, that that side of the pitch definitely should have never done that um and then you kind of you you take out santiago Casas and put on ramon juarez so you take out your your center defensive mid to put on a, a, a center back that that also doesn't kind of really make sense to me um so like i said in the previous uh review you know pio just doesn't get his subs right from time to time and it's pretty 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 you know detrimental for the team when your coach doesn't get the sub rights for two games straight and almost cost you both games
1: no, Yeah, completely, completely. I mean, we could sit here and argue and discuss this whole, you know, whether things did things right or wrong, but we don't have that kind of time. All we're going to say is that we, we do know for a fact that Piojo definitely had a hand in this. And there's no doubt about it, Dylan. So at this point, I asked you again in the and I'm asking you again now against that, Are people right to press that panic button and start to ask for Piojo's head? Mind you. We're still top of the league. We're still top of the table. We still have, you know, eleven goals scored. You know, we, we, were, you know, we still have a long season to go. How do you, how do you think? Are people uh, overreacting, or, or are they right to be in this mindset? How, how you, how you taking this?
0: I, I just, I just don't know who you get if you do field Piojo at this point. I mean.
1: I mean, we uh, both know our answer is Ruben Roman Romano.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I was thinking about. I mean, <laughs> want to go to those dark times again, but uh, I, I, I just don't know. I don't necessarily see it, especially I think, like I've said, you know, whenever we previewing the season, I think the club made a statement um, whenever um, uh, they they gave him a contract extension. So I, I, just, I still don't see it.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see it either, and I'll say this much. Uh, and someone even mentioned it in, in, in the comments. I, I, I don't know who um, – there you go. Ramona Costa Piojo. Uh and too aggressive. No, sorry, it wasn't that comment. Um, someone earlier said that uh, you know, people are, are, are getting a little bit too out of hand with this whole fuera piojo thing. Um, I will say this much, yes, I, I do think that people are quick to jump ship when the results aren't going their way, right? When America won against Santos, you know, everyone was quiet, right? Rightly so. America won, got the result, and then of course, now with such a terrible loss. Of course, people are going to be starting asking for heads. I will say this much though, kind of just to wrap it up and and, and kind of you know not keep us in this in this state of mind much longer. But Piojo is the right man going forward. Yes, these are kind of games in which you would hope that you know you want better from him, but you want better from the players as well, right? I mean, you can only chuck so much up to him. You have responsibility out there on the pitch as, you know, a starting 11. And at that point, you were 10 men on the pitch. You have to get together. You have to unite. You, know, you have to find a fighting spirit to go out there and get the game back. Because you know what you represent, you, what institution you're you you know you're working for, what jersey you have on. So I think a lot of it falls not under Piojo, but as well as the players. And we'll kind of just leave it at that because... You know, we could sit here all day and we can already go back and forth whether, you know, Piojo's the right man or not, up Piojo, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff going on. But I think at the end of the day, you know, you took it up to a terrible, terrible loss. And and you want to see a, a, a comeback. You want to see a bounce back. And we'll talk about whether or not America's going to be able to do so. But Christian, anything else to add? I think that's pretty much it. That is pretty much it. Let us know in the comment section down below. What do you guys feel about this America-Queretro game? And uh, I know that there's so much more we can go more into. But like I mentioned... We don't want to keep you guys here all day just talking about a loss. Let's kind of shift perspective, and let's move on into our next segment. But before we do, let me introduce today our two very, very special guests. It is the men from the Rayados Ninety podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Uh, gentlemen. How are you guys?
3: Good. How are you guys? Good. Good.
1: good. Happy that you guys are able to come on. Nice. Good to hear that. I know. I know one of you guys is from uh, L.A. and the other one's from Miami, correct? Yeah,
4: exactly.
1: All righty then. Okay, so we got two different time zones on here. This is going to be fun. Definitely excited. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I'm going to be previewing that, uh, that game against America and Monterrey coming up this Saturday. But beforehand, I do want to give you guys the opportunity to talk to us a little bit more about Monterrey's last game. I know you guys went up against Necaxa. How are you guys feeling about walking away with a draw against them?
3: Go
4: first, Eddie. <laughs>
1: um
4: it's disappointing. Uh just because they started off so well. I mean me me and Patrick, we we always look at the like the advanced stats and look at the amount of chances they're creating. And I I never thought I'd say this, uh, you know, three years ago, uh considering, you know, the, the missed penalty, but obviously that's we become like an integral part of of just creating opportunities and we went with the two striker system last uh last match against Takaxa and like for the first 30 yeah you know, well for that that entire first half they they were just creating chances but as Pat can can also say that this team just creates so many chances but the ball just doesn't find the back of the net at a consistent rate and so to just only walk away with a draw um considering you know the offensive Potential of the squad. It's it's starting to become okay. I mean, there's there's matches where you can walk away with the draw and, and still feel good about yourselves but against like Aksa, granted it's at home with no fans, but still um, It was it was just one of those like yeah, it, it, it's one of those draws that still feels like a loss
3: Yeah, and um, to, to kind of jump in with, with Eddie uh, It's a kind of a, a repeated game now. It, it seems like every single game is the same you get the same results in the pitch. You get the same answers from the coach post game. Uh, the only difference is from this one, from the Nagaxa game, is that there actually was a change. You know, Nunes, Morin, Johnson together. Avilesa's central attack in mid. So he did try something else. But the same thing happened. A lot of chances, just not nothing in the back of the net, or just one goal. And that will that one goal from the Labone, had to be a, a wonderful goal. And that's crazy to me that we have to to wait on, on a something magical from from a player to score once so um we're frustrated we're frustrated uh, as fans you can t- you can hear it in the last podcast we end up rambling about this whole uh about the, the the directors executive board and it's just a little bit of a tiring um team right now it just everything is just repeating and it's uh, a little frustrating for the fans
1: Okay, so from what you guys are telling me and from the sound of it, it seems like both families are coming into this game very much frustrated, right? Both teams are going to be looking for a result because I think both teams are trying to bounce back from getting two, you know, two unexpected results, right? One being your guys' draw against Gaxa, us being that terrible loss against Geretaro. How are you guys feeling walking into this game after watching that America queretero game, do you guys feel more confident or, or do you guys feel like this America side's going to, you know, have to, you know, answer some questions against Monterrey? How are you how's the Monterrey people feeling about this upcoming match?
3: Um, you want to go, Pat? Yeah, um I think it's it's not confident. That's not the word when we're coming into this match. I said it in the in the podcast. I I think we're we're losing it. I mean, what what Turco has shown us doesn't really give us that hope, especially for a big game. I know America just comes from a big loss, but it's America, and uh, you know they're still very strong. Uh, and like Wales really hasn't shown anything to prove that they can beat America, uh, at least for this game and, and on Saturday. So uh, I think there's a big side of of the fans that are coming in the same way that I described it, which is not confident. Probably another. Draw probably uh, a defeat,
1: okay. Interesting, interesting. All right, gentlemen. Well, let's jump into this game. Right, America's going to be facing off against uh, no, excuse me, not Santos against Monterrey <laughs> this Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 central, 10 eastern. You guys can catch that game over on 2dn. And of course, gentlemen, this is the return of America in the Estadio Azteca. So, I mean, a lot of kind of you know, writing on this game. You know, you're, you're going back to your home. You, you have a lot of questions to answer and you have a very tough opponent ahead of you. Christian, how, is, how do you think America is walking into this? I, I know that maybe Monterrey fans are a little bit skeptical and, you know, on the fence, you know, rightfully so because of, you know, their recent results. But how do you think Americanistas are walking into this game? You know, are we hesitant as well? Because we know Monterrey, you know, regardless of the results that they've been having, they do have a vast squad and they still have a lot of talent at their
2: disposal. How, how are we coming into this? I guess probably the same way. Um, we just don't know what the hell is going to throw at us uh, this time. Uh, I think Dylan always says that on every single podcast, you know, it's always a curveball with Piojo. And especially after a loss like that, you know is going to try to move around some pieces. And those pieces, well, they, we just can't really kind of guess or even predict because, you know, some of them are just so out of, out of this world that we just don't know. Um, but what America, I think, has to do is kind of just focus on themselves, focus what what went well for them. During the Santos game, uh, definitely look over the Queretaro game, kind of fix their mistakes because I think there were mistakes that I guess could could have been prevented and can be improved upon. But definitely don't underestimate your opponent, even though they haven't been the same for for, for a, a while now. But like you just said, they have a vast squad with depth in almost every single position. So um, they they definitely have a lot of moving pieces that can that can kind of cause us uh cause us torture in that match.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how America plants themselves, but it's also going to be interesting to see how Monterrey plants themselves. So gentlemen, let me ask you the uh, let me ask you this. How because we typically like to start off our previews with a predicted lineup so kind of we get a basis of what you guys think your team is going to go for and then we kind of just build on from there. But tell me well, who do you, how do you guys see this Monterrey side planting themselves on Saturday? Who do you guys see jumping on on the pitch against America?
4: Um it's, it's a little confusing just because I don't know if they're going to go with the two-striker formation. And then there's the, I don't know if aviles is injured or not. So it, it's still kind of up in the air right now. And then you also have Stefan Medina who had to pull out just because he was uh, showing COVID symptoms. So he's going to have to get retested again just to, I don't think until Thursday. They'll we'll, we'll get like a clear li- a clear lineup or clear players that are available, but me personally, I would still like them to go with that. What is it that four, um, three one two, uh, formation that they had against Nagaxa. Um, uh, but again, it's still with. Um, it all depends on on what happens with Avilés. If there's no Avilés, then they have no one. Uh, in my opinion, that can has that you know creative touch that's going to generate chances from from that uh final third of the pitch to get the ball from the midfield to to the two strikers. So if that's not the case, then it'll probably have to go to like a standard four three three. Uh but again, Durko's been uh he'll mess around. He doesn't stick to one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh but it all depends on the players that are that are available. If if all the players are available and there's no injury, um, I would definitely see them going with a four three two or a four yeah no four three one two. And try to, you know, try to see if they can continue with this momentum with the with the two strikers and see if the if the if the ball starts finding the back of the net.
3: Okay. Yeah. Very yeah, interesting. We're just waiting on results, I guess, from Stefan Medina and clearance from Aviles Hurtado because nobody knows what happens. They pulled him out after 45 minutes, and uh, Rayos didn't say anything anywhere, so we don't know if he's still recovering from that injury he had or if it was just a substitution just because Pirko wanted it so when that when we know that then we'll know kind of what the lineup is but I agree with Eddie Uh, if if Fabulous is available they're probably going to go with two strikers once again
1: very interesting very interesting to see if America is able to cope with that Christian you're our lineup guru what do you think is going to be putting out on uh, on
2: Saturday all right, so well, kind of, we're kind of still up in the air as well because we also have a player with COVID, uh, Jorge Sanchez. I, was, well, I don't think he'll be available for this match, but uh, so I'm just going to assume that he's not going to be available. Um, I think Bijo goes out with Ochoa Inet, uh, Pablo Aguilar, Aguilera, Valdez, Luis Reyes, uh, Santi Cáceres, Oso González, and Cordova in the midfield. On one wing, Roger Martinez. On the other wing, Sergio Diaz. And up top, Federico Viñas.
1: Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You hit me with a lot of stuff right now, man. Okay. First of all, you're <laughs> telling me that you're telling me Herbal. that Aguilera starts. Yes, sir. That's 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 I... the first thing that I picked up. That doesn't seem too out of this realm because, of course, the game that you know has just had. Of course, I can see that kind of partnership between Bruno and Aguilera coming back, You know, especially in a, in a very tough matchup like Monterey. You need two people that understand each other very well. Um, and it would be unfortunate if Cáceres does lose his starting position because of that game against Queretaro. Now, second of all, you're telling me that we're going to have Sergio Diaz start just Correct. two weeks coming mm-hmm. into Mexico? Correct. Okay. Now that is very adventurous of you. I will say that much. I don't think Piojo is going to do that. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, you are, you are a uh, lineup guru. So you might, you might know something. I don't, you might know something. I don't, but uh, Eddie, tell me what, from what, from the lineup that uh, Christian just gave, what players stand out to you that could cause you guys problems from the America side of things? Um,
4: it all depends. If, if there's no Stefan Medina, then that right side becomes a, bit of a weakness just because they'll have Miguel Layún, and more than likely uh, having a step in for Stefan Medina. And then at that right center back area is Nico Sanchez, who um, although we love he's getting up there in age and sometimes he can show his deficiencies on the fence. So uh, uh, whoever is on that right side with no Stefan Medina can really take advantage um, of, you know, you know, Miguel Layún's not the best defensively and, and so is Nico Sanchez. So you have two guys who are a little bit of a liability defensively. So that can be um, an area where they could, you know, try to try to exploit.
1: Interesting. Very, very interesting. Now, Dylan, these gentlemen told us that Monterey most likely is going to be coming at us with two strikers, two very good strikers at that end. How do you feel like knowing that possibly Aguilera is going to be coming back into this defense? We know that, you know, he tends to be a little bit shaky as well, but, how do you feel knowing that, you know, Monterrey is going to come at us with two very good attackers? Is, is our defense ready for this?
0: I don't I don't really think so. I mean, uh, Aguilera, like, he, you know, everybody's complained about him. You know, he kind of has his flashy moments, but not, not as much as he does his mistake moments, too. Um, you know, I just don't think Bruno Valdez can get it done by himself. And then you go back and look at the Querétaro game, I think Bruno Valdez had a, a few mistakes, too, that you don't often see him make and that you don't want him to make. Um, so I just think it's going to be a long night if it, if uh, Monterrey line up like that.
1: Yeah, it, it does paint to be a long night for I think both teams. Like you know, like we just mentioned, Monterrey, of course, still needing to kind of figure out who their starting eleven is going to be regarding on you know what players going to be available to them. Of course, America having a lot of questions being regarded, uh, being pointed towards the back line. Now let's talk a little <laughs> bit more about the attacking side of things. How do you guys feel that Monterrey is going to come out tactically speaking? If you guys, if the formation that you guys expect to, you know, come come to fruition on Saturday, how do you think Turco comes and approaches this game tactically speaking? I mean, Um, you want to go back?
3: Yeah, I think he'll he'll it's he's a guy that experiments on lineups, experiments on players, but he has a clear cut idea. Let's create chances, and we got players to finish them. I mean, especially with Jensen and Funes Mori. There's guys to finish them. Uh, just they're just not doing it now, at days. But uh, it, I think if he repeats what he did with Necaxa, it's going to be either whoever's on the whoever's um, with Avila, whoever's in the midfield behind Avila Sorotal, just one goes with him forward. Either if he's on the left side or if he's on the right side, are are. Our left backs and right backs are always up. You know, they always go up and, and attack. And I realized they didn't really well connect them with them. So I think uh, what Turco does is he just tries to get everybody involved in the offense. Even though we have two number nines, two strikers, he still gets the left back up, still gets the right back up, and, and, and everybody in the midfield. So uh, we'll have numbers up there. We'll have numbers up there. But obviously... The problem is with a team like América, who's a little bit more stacked than Necaxa and Pumas, and you know the other teams that we've faced recently, where we can suffer uh, transitioning back to defense.
1: Okay, interesting, Eddie. Anything more to add? Um, no, I think Pat,
4: Pat covered it pretty pretty well. Um, I think it all depends just on our midfield too, just because of we they've been they've been it's been not up to par uh so it will be interesting again we're just speaking if he does go with two strikers if not then um it'll it'll be something else different i think it all depends but if he's going with that formation yeah pat summed it up well
1: okay and very interesting christian These gentlemen alluded to a midfield battle, and I think that's going to be kind of crucial and detrimental. If America can try to win that midfield, I think a lot can go right for America, right? We know that their fullbacks like to push up like they just mentioned, so it does mean potentially a lot of space down the wings, which we know Piojo likes to use a lot. How do you think Piojo plants himself in this game, especially after such a terrible game against Querétaro? How do you bounce back, tactically speaking, against a team like Monterrey?
2: it's It's difficult, definitely difficult only because you know you know you can you can sit in here and argue how Monterey haven't really been playing you know to their standards, but you know, you just look at some of the players on their, on their roster, and there are players that are, have always been scary, whether it be America or just in general. There are players that can just slip on the switch and then become instantly a threat at any given moment. Now, I really do think um, if Bioja wants to win this game, I think Santi Casares and also Gonzalez need to play this match. Um, I think it just gives us a little bit more of a solid midfield uh, and kind of a more defensive. Minded, I think that's how is going to approach this game, a little bit more defensive-minded in, in, in previous games. Um, you're going to have to try to contain uh, the two-striker uh, formation that Monterey will put out if that's what they go with. Uh, and, you know, definitely a lot of pressure will be coming from the wings, so you're going to need that extra support in the back. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be hard, but uh, I think that's how Piojo will do it. So it sounds like it's a game where a lot of the
1: creativity and a lot of the responsibility of America going forward is going to fall at the feet of Sebastián Córdoba. Correct. Because it sounds like you're going to have also Insanti kind of play a very kind of crucial role in the midfield in trying to contain most of the attack Monterrey throws at us. And then you're going to have, you know, your wingers trying to, you know, do kind of pull a double shift, having to run back and forth. So the main man to kind of focus on and the main man that has to be kind of the orchestrator for this side is going to have to be Sebastian Cordoba. Dylan, this is a player that obviously a lot of people know I heavily, heavily criticize. But rightfully so, because I think I see the potential, I just need to see more consistency from him. And this is a game in which, like we mentioned, I need to see him kind of be the star for the team. Do you think Gordova is up to the challenge? Because I have mentioned before, he does seem to be kind of a player that goes off of you know confidence. He's very confident driven. He just scored a goal against Queretaro and could arguably be one of the better players from that game. Do you think he has what it takes to be the man for America this Saturday?
0: Well, for starters, Ivan, I just think your propaganda against Kordova is just uncalled for and unnecessary. Um, <laughs> so I think you just need to calm down a little bit with that. But, you know, at the beginning of our preview for the season, I did say Kordova was going to have a good season. I think he's going to be pivotal for us. And so I really do think so. He's going to be great in this game. But at the same time, like you said, he thrives off confidence. You know, he gets that goal, his confidence is up. But then, like you said, whenever we're talking about the little game, you know, you, America concedes a goal right away and then all of a sudden the substitution was made and Gordova was put on the wing. And so I feel like maybe he's lost some confidence too just going from that game, uh, especially conceding right after he scored. Um and then, you know, getting moved out to the wing, which we know he's not very good at in that area in that position. So I think it's just kind of unnecessary kind of up in the air a little bit right now, depending on how things go tactically for this. But I feel like in the end he can step up and do the job we need him to do.
1: That'd be very interesting to see whether or not Cordova is able to kind of you know put the team on his shoulder and carry kind of a lot of burden, a lot of responsibility. But, you know, this is what great players are made out of, and whether or not he can thrive and showcase it. Well, we're gonna have to keep an eye on him on Saturday. Gentlemen, um any and any player in this Monterrey side that we should definitely be kind of worried. I know we've mentioned Avilés Hurtado, uh, you know, but Christian, is there one player besides him that you kind of just look at and you're like, okay, we definitely need to keep an eye on this guy.
2: Funes Mori. <laughs> he, he, just, he, he he seems to be like the Boselli of Monterrey for us, of, right? Of course, every single time we seem to match up against Monterrey, he his name is always always appears on the score sheet. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely something that we need to work on. Uh, you know, right now he really hasn't been you know the same Funes Mori as as previous seasons. But like I said, though, at any moment that can change, and why not this game, you know. Um, I guess he just thrives off playing against uh, against America. He lives for the big games, and this is definitely indeed one of those games. So definitely got to keep our, our our eyes up for Funes Mori.
1: Definitely, Peter uh, Eddie, how are you guys feeling about your start uh, year forwards? Are you guys confident that they can put on a good shift against America this Saturday?
4: Um, right now Funes Mori, you know, after scoring two goals, um, if I'm not mistaken, two or three goals. I I got to double check, but it's two or three goals in the first two games uh of the season he's kind of hit a cold streak like like all strikers do um and and so he hasn't you know he's been in, in the goal scoring department he hasn't been effective uh but there's one for it that i'm really kind of interested to see if he starts or not if he comes off the bench again then he'll have like a, another chip on his shoulder like he like he scored against Nikakusa, and that's total on one because pat pat said it on our podcast i think it was pat um that when Pavon, I don't know. He when when they sit him down, and he plays angry. He plays with the chip on his shoulder, and he has something to prove. That's when he's like really dangerous, and that's when you saw the goal against Nakaksa, the Goal, he'll fire it from outside the penalty box, and, and it would just it just goes in. Um, so I'm just interested to see if if they sit him down again, if, if he if he has again that chip on his shoulder or something to prove, and that's when when he can be really really dangerous.
3: Yeah. Uh, and to add another player, I think our midfield has been suffering. I know uh, Eddie, we've talked about Charlie and has just being non-existing pretty much in season. Um, we, we don't know if Charlie will start. We're kind of uh, pushing for him to be benched at least for one game just to get his rhythm back and get him to know that, hey, you're not performing. Uh, so I think, Charlie, this is probably his last game that if if his last chance, because if he doesn't perform once again, I think he'll be benched for the next one. So I think this game I hope I'm hoping if Chadli can put it together and, and and put up a good game because he's very important, getting the ball back for us and also creating chances. So we're missing him a lot, and I think if he if he you know plays normally, then we then he can be a dangerous man for for Monterey as well. It's
1: very interesting. Very interesting because I think I'm, I'm looking at you know both squads and I see a lot of similarities like you guys mentioned. A player that at least I think has a chip on his shoulder from America's perspective is Roger Martinez. And Christian, we just mentioned the winger's going to have to do a lot of work, a lot of running back and forth. Roger is not known for that. So are we playing kind of a little handicap here with
2: Roger Martinez out on the wing? Um, I don't think so. Well, only if also in, San- in-, in Casa de start because... I think that they'll kind of do a lot of the, the filling in of the spaces. Uh, whenever you know Roger Martinez doesn't like uh doesn't track back, the the problem does arise though if if uh, if both don't start. Now if we we start maybe someone like uh Emilio Sanchez or or, or someone from La cantera, then that that's that's where I think the problems will start. Um, I think this is kind of essential for the for the wingers to kind of drop back in this match only because of the immense pressure that Monterrey uh will will uh will uh will enforce in this game. So that's definitely uh, definitely something to uh, to keep your eye out. Definitely. It's going to be interesting.
1: Now, Dylan, Christian, any player that you got, I know I mentioned Cordoba, but any player that you guys are going to keep an eye on that needs to have a game, like a really good game against this Monterrey side, that you just need them to pick it up? Pablo Aguilar. Interesting. Dylan?
0: Uh, at this rate, whenever uh, we're talking about this game in particular, I think uh, Reyes... Luis Vereus. So
1: both fullbacks is yeah. basically what I'm hearing. So both fullbacks. Of course, they're gonna have you know a lot, a long night. Let's just put it that way. They're gonna have a long night. Uh, you know, like the gentleman said, Monterey liking to push up those lines, those fullbacks, those wings. Uh the, it's gonna become quite the hectic mess, like you mentioned, Christian. We're gonna need a lot of support, not just from the center backs, but also this uh the center defense mitts kind of filling in those spaces. I am a little bit worried, you know, especially in Paula Aguilar's side. His age is definitely showing more now than ever. You know, he doesn't have that same rhythm. He doesn't have that same step. And, you know, one thing that does worry me and does, and I do question a lot, is this kind of thing that we were just talking about in the Querétaro game was the fatigue factor and all of this. I know we're going to have quite a little bit longer of a time, uh, you know, between matches, and I know that America is playing at home, but, you know, I do have to ask the question, do you think fatigue will play a part in this or will America finally be able to go the full 90 without showcasing that they have some sort of fatigue? Uh,
2: for me, I think, I think they'll, they'll be fine in this match. Um, you know, it's just, it's just weird how, however, we kind of just look tired in some games and in other games we, we kind of can go the full 90. Um, I think for this game, I think they kind of understand the importance of the, of the opponent and the importance of the game and kind of just bounce back from a, uh, from a defeat like that. So I think they'll be good for 90 minutes.
1: All righty, Patrick, Eddie, do you guys have any similar worries in regards to the Monterrey side? I know you guys are going to be doing the traveling side of things. You guys are the away side. Do you think fatigue might play a part in this? Um, I'm only
4: worried to see if um, if less can play more than 45 minutes, just yeah. because he uh, in the two games that he's played, he's been subbed off in the second half. One for injury, and I think, I'm not sure if the other one was for injury or precaution or whatever. But but, uh, yeah, that's that's the only one. Like like it, for for him, he's become an integral part of the offense now. And like I said, nobody thought about that a year, two two or three years ago. But but he is now, and if he can't get it going, play more than, than a half, then they're gonna have to make, take advantage of 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 him while he's in there. So it's just gonna be interesting to see if he can go more than forty five.
3: Yeah, I'm not I'm not as worried on on fatigue per se. I mean. We've got a lot of players. I'm I'm a little bit more worried on what Turco actually does because, um, you know, he can be winning 1-0, 2-0, 3-0 at the 60-something mark or even before that he'll start going back. And mm-hmm. that's when we obviously get a lot of shots on target. And, uh, and Turco, well, Turco hasn't really been <laughs> been our favorite, at least for Eli and me. He hasn't been our favorite this year. Or yeah, this year, and, and we just hope that he learns his lesson. One, I mean, it's one win in fifteen, sixteen games. You know, you gotta learn your lesson now. But uh, I'm more, I'm a little bit more worried on than entity.
1: Okay, interesting, interesting. All right, gentlemen. Well, let's wrap this all up with our predictions. We'll let uh, Eddie and uh, Patrick take the floor first. What do you guys think? Uh, the your prediction is for this Saturday.
3: I'm going one-one draw. <laughs> okay you stole my prediction Um, i'll go to one america um yeah i'll go to one america
1: okay i've never i've never <laughs> in my time hosting this podcast has <laughs> a be, guest come and said <laughs> that I, their
3: team will lose we we support royals we do a podcast about them but we talk about them in a you know biased way or unbiased i don't know what it is and uh you know royals is not doing great that's the that's the truth.
1: Oh well I, I respect that a hundred percent very much. All right, Christian, give me your prediction. Same 2-1 for America. 2-1 for America. Dylan.
0: Well, with the way things are trending with America so far this season, you know, we're supposed to have a good game and you know, hopefully <laughs> a win. So uh I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with a hard fought one-nil win for America. Um, I feel like both teams are, might just come out because obviously Monterey is playing America and, you know, they're going to want to come out, obviously get a win, too. But I feel like they hold on for a clean sheet and America uh, gets the long goal.
1: Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, you know, you stole my prediction. I was going to say a one, uh, a one nil, uh, you know, hard fought win for America. But, you know, I'll I'll follow in uh, in Patrick's footsteps and I'll say a two two draw. I can also see that happening. A two two draw in the Estadio Azteca. I think there might be some goals here if uh, if both of the floodgates open for both sides. But should be an interesting match. Make sure you guys do not miss a beat of it. Uh, it's going to be, again, live Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 Central, 10 Eastern, over on Twitter. If you guys, for whatever reason, cannot watch the game, make sure you guys head over on Twitter. We'll keep you guys updated with everything going on. Gentlemen, thank you so much for hopping onto the podcast and talking all things Rayas Monterrey with us. This is very good, very insightful for a lot of us. I know that, you know, we kind of are looking at this Monterrey side a little different now after everything you guys have told us. But thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Yeah.
4: Well, thanks for, thanks for, the, thanks
2: right. for having me. All righty. Well, uh, Christian, Dylan, anything else to add on to our guests before we kind of wrap this all up? No, just thank you guys for taking the time to come talk to us. Um, you know, we, we follow your guys' content. Definitely one of the better ones in the Gamecube. So keep up the good work, and we'll definitely keep following you guys. Thank
0: yeah, you. thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, really do appreciate y'all taking the time and joining us here today.
2: Definitely, so
1: best of luck to both teams. May the better team win, and let's hope that they do not cause us to rip too many hairs out of our head on Saturday. <laughs> All righty then, well, Alrighty. thank you so much to everyone that's been watching. Thank you so much to everyone that's been listening. uh you know, like we mentioned, please stay safe out there. Head over to our Twitter account, make sure you guys follow us. if you guys uh are interested in following uh the Rayados content, gentlemen, where can they find you on Twitter?
0: um,
4: just follow our month at our account um 90 uh the ninety spelled out uh, other than that that's pretty much it that's where we put all the contents at. Mm-hmm.
1: all right, awesome well then like we mentioned we hope you guys have a wonderful night stay safe out there and uh yeah keep it uh, keep it hundred and we'll keep you guys in the loop all right until next time see you guys and as always America.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.